LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Certainly is. Morning. This is trying to sound as cheerful as possible on a Monday morning. Wishing it was Friday again. Why does the weekend go like that? Really fast. Just when you think to yourself, oh, I'll have a lie-in today or I'll do something exciting. It was a busy weekend, don't get me wrong. I was, in, I was fairly, fairly active for most of the time. And, of course, the good news is this morning we've been paid. I like the paying bit. The paying bit's always good. That's the, that's the payback at the end of the day when you sort of get that little pay slip through and it says, this is how much money we've paid into your bank account. And you think, oh, do you know, it was worth it. Always worth it. Always worth it. Coming up to Christmas, and now I've started. I've got to buy. For, have you ever heard of one of these things? You'll have heard of this. It's a student thing. I don't understand anything to do with students. It's really bizarre. I was looking for um, uh, presents. And so I had to ask my brother what his girls wanted for Christmas, which is OK. And so uh, his, uh, his, his oldest daughter likes Dolce & Gabbana, the one... So I've ordered that. So that was £40. Uh, his girlfriend wants pleasures by Estee Lauder, so I shall go out and buy that today. And for Tash, who's his youngest, she w- wait for this, I've never even heard of this, an Asda food card. What in God's name is that? So I go onto the website and I type in Asda food card. It's a, it's a card that you load with money for students. Students have it. So when they go in this, they've always got bread and butter and everything else. Uh, but I tried to do it online, and and I thought, I don't really understand how to do it. So I might have to go into an Asda and put in this thing, because it, because you have to put down their, you know, you, you don't have to sort of log in for this, because I'm buying it as a present for somebody. And then, so you put in your, your email address, you can register the card before you log in, but I don't have a card, so it doesn't really help, does it? And so I went all the way through, it said, get your card here. So I put in, it wants a postcode. I don't know my brother's postcode. I've tried to find the blasted thing, and I can't, and he'd, he'd gone to bed early, so that didn't really help. So I've, I've ended up with, I was going to buy this card for £100, uh, put £100 worth of credit on it for her, which I thought was OK. But I've never, have you ever heard of these things before? But they are for students, for student shopping. And you know what students are like? Oh, blimey. So what I might have to do is I'll either go into Azure and say, listen, can I buy this student card and load it with £100? And they, they must have some facility for doing that. Or failing that, I'll just have to give her £100 in an envelope. It looks a bit naff, though, doesn't it? £100 in an envelope doesn't sound very exciting. Sorted out the producer's Christmas present. Very exciting on that one. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks. I've just passed it on to the police. And uh, luckily I said to her, send me your girlfriend's name and your, and your address and postcode. <laughs> and he did without a word. Not a murmur, nothing at all. So I've got that detail. So he'll be going back to a firebomb flat later on. <laughs> don't, mess with, don't mess with the Allen, I thought. Get in the car this morning. And so, you know, I get in the car and I just, I just want to close my eyes and dream of... I don't know what I was dreaming of this, but nothing in particular. And uh, we've had a couple of problems with the cars over the past couple of days. You know, the drivers they haven't been able to find me. I'm on a main road. It's, you know, really not, not that difficult. So the one this morning finds me. Turns out I'm a big fan, Mr. Allen. Big fan. Been listening for ages. He's Egyptian. He's got three sons, two of whom appear to be doing very well. We never mentioned the third one. His wife is part Egyptian, part English. This I learn on the journey in. This I learn. Um... And he knows everything. He knows everything about the programme, knows everything about uh, passwords, knows everything about everything, you know, anything that's gone on the programme. He remembers. And so he's done this, and he's doing the knowledge. And I said, that's good. That's very, very good. So he's doing the knowledge in between working seven days a week. I was his third job. 
third job? Second job? Can't remember. Second or third job last night. He started at 11. Picks me up half past two. And I think I was second second job, I'm pretty certain. So that's two jobs. How do you make a living doing that? Anyway, so I said, how many drivers are there out tonight for this particular company? He reckoned there was about 500 drivers. Well, the roads are empty. There's nobody out there. So there's a lot of people not earning a lot of money. So he's working seven days a week, but he's doing the knowledge. He's been doing it for six months. I said, once you've, once you've got your badge, that's your licence to print money. You go out whenever you want to. Nobody tells you when you have to work. You just go out. You either buy your own cab or you rent a cab, and that's how it works. So he's doing it, and he's doing it for the kids, and he's doing it for his wife, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's slogging away, but he listens to LBC all the time. Even when I get in, Mr Allen, I listen to, to LBC. He said, I thought he was Romanian or, or Bolski. But, uh, no, Egyptian. So he said, you, you live in Egypt? Yeah, we live in Egypt. So we talked about that. You learn so much about somebody just coming in. I was quite exhausted when I actually got out the car. It was <laughs> a bit dramatic. <laughs> uh, Russ says, I hope your family are not listening, Swanee, because you're giving away the surprise of what you're getting them for Christmas. There's no surprise when you get to over 15. You ask people what you want for Christmas, so that's what you get them. What, are you still at that sort of, oh, look, I wonder what that is in that box, shaped like perfume. Well, you tell them everything. I say to my brother, what do you want for Christmas? And I get what, what they want for Christmas. I should do exactly the same with my godchildren. It would come as no surprise to my godchildren what Uncle Steve gets them, because they've asked for it. Charlotte wants petrol. So I don't know how that one's going to work out. I'll just turn up with some cans, go to the local garage, fill up some cans, and I'll go there, some, have some petrol. So perhaps she's thinking of setting fire to the parents' home. I don't know. <laughs> and, um, and Chris and Sharon, what, 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 we, what we tend to do... Last year, I went out with, with, uh, with Sharon and the kids, and we were going through Chelmsford, and I saw this shop with these lovely lights-in vases. They're crackle-glazed vases with a light-in. And I went, oh, that's beautiful. She said, do you want that for Christmas? I said, yeah. So they bought it. She took it home. They end up wrapping it and keeping it. And then I expressed surprise on Christmas morning. Oh, look! It's a vase! The one I saw in the shop! So I was quite pleased about that, you know. There's no point in getting somebody something that they don't want as a present. My brother, I know, will always want money. Money, money he always wants money, because money's useful. I mean, quite clearly, money's useful to everybody. So he always gets money. I might buy him some little... Th- well, I, I, I buy all the chocolates and all the biscuits and all the food over Christmas, because I'm in that fortunate position. So I send him the money down, he goes to Marks and Spencer's, goes anywhere else, he's dead. It's as simple as that. He can only go to Marks and Spencer's. And, uh, yes, he knew about the Asda card thing. He must have done, he's written it on the thing. I've got an email saying the Asda card thing. So I'm going to go to Asda and go and buy the thing. And, uh, and I should just stick £100 on it. So I buy all the chocolates, you know, I sent, what was it, about 280 quids worth of chocolates down there. But then there's going to be about eight of us for Christmas lunch. Eight, uh, Eight. Eight of us for Christmas lunch. So uh, it's going to be a lot of chocolates. And they like these uh, different things. So I've got the Charbonnet and Walkers, truffles, whatever they are, uh, which I don't eat. I'm not bothered. And, I've, and then I took him down another load of stuff a short while ago. I'm also buying the He sent me a thing the other day. He said, are you buying the Christmas crackers? So quite clearly the answer is, will you buy the Christmas crackers? So I'm, yes, I'll buy the Christmas crackers. So today I'm going to go to Costco, buy the Christmas crackers, run them down there. Because I've got these three jumpers from Marks and Spencer's. And I look, they're OK, but I'm not sure. See, if you wear a jumper, you've got to put a T-shirt underneath, haven't you? And I don't have any T-shirts. I, look, I, still, I have no T-shirts whatsoever. I don't know anything about T-shirts or that. So I'm, I'm going to give him the jumpers. And if he doesn't want them, then he can take them back and they'll give him the money back. Well, hopefully they will, anyway. Uh, Read your tyre. I think you mean it's gone to 28 PSI, not 28 bar. One bar is 14.7. So if you had to the time, I come on. Just an observation what you said. Right. I don't know what... It, it's a very slow 
slow things. I looked at it this morning, it's fine. And I pumped it up the other day. And I've got, I, I go to a garage down the road because some of these things don't fit my tyre. You sit there and you put your money in and you can't the bloody thing on. So I, I've got this uh, other thing now. I found this other garage. So I buy four tokens at a time. So I don't have to queue in the garage. I just, I've, I've got them there. And, um, and I just go, Psss. Yep. All right. Yep. It's living on the floor at the moment. It's got so bad in London. It's like, I tell you, I, you, I mean, you, you really think Bob, Bob Cratchit had it bad. Do you want to come around here? Half the staff here living on floors, he's got any settee, living in a sleeping bag, bless his heart. Sounds like he's living in a mansion, though, by the sound of it. He's got a sitting room, dining room, two double bedrooms, bathroom, you know, kitchenette. All for £316 a week or something. £360 a week, isn't it? Whatever it is, seems an awful lot of blooming money. I wish I'd invested more in property years ago. I should have... Because you could have exploited... Sorry, you could have helped people out, couldn't you? You know, if, if I sort of say, would you like to rent my hovel? So I think it'd be quite nice. 84850, steve at uk, And I've, I've worked out, having seen the... Um, the uh, X Factor a little bit the other day, they've kicked out the girl who sang flat and was dreadful, had Hannah, who was who was... OK, but average. I mean, really, really average. And yet, because the whole thing is fiddled, as you know, uh, they've kept in the girl who, couldn't, who can't sing, Tamara, and who, um, who forgot the words to the song. Not for the first time. Not for the second time. This is the fourth time she can't remember the words. The girl's a bloody idiot. Why is she still in there? Because it's fiddled. Because it's fiddled. That's, you know, that's, that's how it is. You know, the, the the woman who can sing, they will sort of send off. She'll do a Susan Boyle. She's mad as a broomstick, isn't she? Her new film's bombed in America. Absolutely bombed. And because uh, they are harsh critics, really harsh critics. And um, and then they told me that there's a new Strictly Come Dancing Christmas special with, wait for this, wait for this lineup. Rochelle Wiseman. What? That's the one that sounds like a bloke. The other one, Sarah Cox. How old is she? And the other one, Matt Goss. He'll have to dance without his hat on, won't he? That'll be embarrassing. No hair. Rumour has it that he's not working Vegas. That he's desperate to try and launch some sort of career. He's been in Vegas for what seems like ages and ages. And uh, there's a rumour doing the rounds on the internet. How true it is, I've got no idea. Because, you know, you read half a tonne of stuff on the internet. That uh, they've not renewed the contract. And so what he's doing, he's trying to try to build some bridges here. Dumped on us years ago. Dumped on us years ago. And so now he's going to come crawling back. So you've got Matt Goss dancing. So anyway, to hear him talking, you realise he's become quite affected. It's a bit like watching Joey Essex. And I've worked out the Joey Essex thing. A, he's been fed various lines to say. Secondly, he is a child in a man's body. He is Tom Hanks in Big he is that little boy. He's inside. He's a little boy. He's like, oh, yeah, very excited to do this kind of thing. Would you like a sleepover? Yeah, sleepover. Oh, top bunk, top bunk. Sleepover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you like to go up this girl? Yeah, jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. You know, that kind of stuff. He's, he's mentally, he's about 14 or 15. And that's why. And so you've had various, I cut various stories over the weekend. That ghastly old bag of an ex-girlfriend, Sam Fahirs, who says, if, if this Amy Willerton comes near Essex, I'll batter her. I mean, that's why, Sam, you ugly little bird, that's why he dumped you. Because you're not pleasant. I mean, I think you should be done, frankly. I think you should be taken to court. Because he's quite clearly a simple boy. And you've taken advantage of him. And it's no good trying to jump on his back to rescue your ailing career, love. 
because that's what you do. The whole of the Sims family came out. They've all dragged their weary old carcasses out. Oh, he really loves Sam. No, he doesn't. He's a simpleton. He likes anybody who's nice to him. He doesn't care who it is. Somebody's nice to him. Unfortunately, all they're doing now, they're all taking advantage of him. And they're going, oh, it's this and that. Chloe Sims, in one of the papers today, making claims against Sam, saying she bullied him. I have no doubt in my mind that she did. No doubt in my mind. I've watched the way she's behaved. She's a nasty piece of work. Both the Fahir's sisters are ghastly. Ghastly old baggages. And uh, so Chloe's having a bit of fun with a girl in the jungle who's just nice to him. Let's face it, all the t- Think about this. I tell you, this is how it works out. So much is Sam Fahir's, you know, into Joey Essex, as opposed to milking him for all the publicity she can get for herself... Nasty little piece of work. He goes in the jungle. Within six hours, the girl he's befriended in there, who's befriended him, taught him how to tell the time. Sam Fahir's taught him nothing. Why? Because she's a horrible piece of work. 16 minutes past four. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 20 minutes past uh, four. Hope you had a good weekend. Our Patsy, says Neil, spotted you driving down Chiswick High Street over the weekend in a nice clean car. Yes, it was a very nice clean car. I went to get it done on Saturday. Saturday, I went to get the uh, the car washed because it had been filthy, absolutely filthy. Uh, Royal Variety is tonight. Uh, I can't go. It's the first time ever in about ten years that I've not I've not gone to it because I've just I just can't do it this week because of because of all the work I've got all the work I've got honestly. But whatever it is, it's a lot, and it means that I wouldn't get home tonight because um, it's this evening uh, until about midnight. Up at two. Half past one. And then tomorrow I've got screening and interviews and something. So I just, I just couldn't do it properly. So for the first time in ages, I've had to say to Daryl, who organises the tickets, I can't make it. Paul Fear's going to be gutted. <laughs> so, uh, so it's, uh, but I've looked at the lineup. It's, uh, it's a lot of, a lot of singers. And I think, in fact, it seems that Chaz and Dave are doing it. Uh, attraction from the television. And Gary Barlow and Dame Edna. Well, I saw them on the Jonathan Ross show. Did you see that the other night? Ed Gary Barlow on there. God, he's boring. God, he's dull. Although the album sounds quite good fun. They've also got, wait a minute, uh, Gary Barlow. Torville and Dean will be celebrating the 30th anniversary. Oh, Christ. I mean, that's dull to start with, I'm afraid. It's very nice, but, you know, what are we going to do? Celebrate every year or something? Torville, what are they going to do? Freeze the place. It's at the Palladium. Chaz and Dave. Gareth Malone, Jimmy Carr, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, Harry Hill's I Can't Sing, uh, The X Factor Musical, and Android Webber Stephen Ward, uh, Flavia Kakachi, and the cast of Dance Till Dawn, and Rising UK star John Newman, plus Gary Barlow, Jesse J, Ollie Murs, Bryn Turfil, CBE. And uh, I like the idea, actually, of, uh, of Chaz and Dave. Because they can deliver. They can deliver. And so that, that'll that be quite nice. But to be honest with you, I mean, Gary Barlow, boring as anything. You're going to see him sitting at a piano, aren't you? The only thing I liked, he, they, they played a little clip on Jonathan Ross's programme of him duetting with Elton John. And they started dressing Gary Barlow up now as if he's some fashion icon, which I find slightly peculiar. Slightly. Pe- and is it John Bishop hosting? John Bishop's hosting. So at the Palladium... Uh, no doubt people will tell me tomorrow, they'll be saying, ah, oh, this is what it was like, this is, this is, this is what it will be. Brilliant. Uh, did I read correctly? Did Joey Essex's mother commit suicide yet when he was about eight, I think, or something like that? I think that was it. 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. 
Uh, another one here says, Steve, if you need a postcode and you own a sat-nav, type in the address and it gives you the postcode. Yeah, I do, do I have a sat-nav? <laughs> Three sat-navs. Three sat-navs. And uh, another one here. Uh, it says the government should manage all the decisions you take not to let private companies take any profits. If any MPs got shares, I should manage all MPs. I've got shares in companies. If anybody's got any invested, you know. Matt Goss couldn't get arrested, Steve. Though he could do a reality show called My Bald Life. Well, I think it's all coming to an end in Vegas. That's, I mean, I cannot understand for the life of because he came over and he did something a short while ago. What did he do? He appeared all over the place and I don't know whether the album did very well or whether it didn't do very well. Producer says, nah... Did it not? Yeah, you see, I, I think the time has run out for him, and I don't really know. He's, he's slightly odd, as you know. He's slightly odd. And so he's been in Vegas for three years, and presumably, as Vegas changes, and it does change, and he's the least talented on the, you know, he might have sold 20 million albums. It wasn't just him, that was with the group. The group has sold 20 million. I'm talking to Il Devo this week. They've done 25 million albums. Be interesting. I'm trying to work out which one the producer fancies. But you've got Matt Goss, who's now coming back. He, in fact, he's been backwards and forwards doing this thing. So quite clearly. And he only works, as you know, two nights a week in Vegas. That's, it hasn't increased. He's in a little side room. He's not, he's not the main attraction. He's like, he's like the throwaway thing. Seats, I think, 150 people. And it's just a, it's a raunchy dance number. And he sings a few standards, thinking he's Frank Sinatra. So he's had a bit of publicity, because he's quite a good-looking boy. But he, he must be getting on now. He must be 40-something, at least which is a bit old to be playing the side room when you're not well-known. So whether or not he comes back here, rumour has it, he's coming back here to try and rebuild his career. Well, I, I don't think that's, that's very likely. I don't think that's very likely. I just don't think that you can remake a career that never actually uh, took off in, in the first place. Somebody says, why don't you get Chaz and David on In Conversation? Yeah, I think they'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they would be absolutely fantastic. I love them. I absolutely love them. I think Chaz and David brilliant. I do have all the uh, all the uh, all the the songs, all the hits, which is good. Eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC We weave everything in on the program. We don't leave anything out. Producer's very funny about that. In fact, he gets really funny about things like that. Uh, Steve, Joey Essex, latest comment during the live task last night was. Uh, diving into a water tank full of crocs and crabs. Anton Deck would tell him a joke and he'd then have to dive down to find the price uh, of wood amongst many with the correct punchline. Simples? Joey, what's a punchline? You see, he is playing deliberately stupid. He's pl- because he, even if he was a little 15-year-old, and mentally, I think he's about 9 or 10. I think mentally he's about 9 or 10. And the funny thing is, the girl he's hanging around with, I mean, he doesn't want to hang around with anybody else. If somebody's nice to him, he'll hang around with him. He, he, he's a simpleton. He's a simpleton. That's why when you read the stories in the papers over the weekend and they've all sold for their 30 pieces of silver, you know, the ghastly Chloe Sims who can barely string three words together, Sam Fahir's, what a horrible piece of work she turns out to be, you know, leave him alone. What he needs to do, somebody needs to say, right, let's move you out of Essex. Stay well away from these horrible people who are just literally selling stories on you. Try to work out what you're going to do. He would, he, he would go out with a toothbrush if he thought he could have a conversation with it. It's as simple as that. You're not looking at anybody with any intellect. But the girl in the jungle is obviously quite attractive. And she knows how to hold a conversation. And she taught him to tell the time. Sam Fahir has just used him for her own purposes. That's how vile she is. That's how horrible she is. Uh, Nick says, I made it out of hospital in one piece after just two days on the ward. Won't be moving around much any time soon. But then my kind brother has thoughtfully filled up my fridge and freezer. 
But then I see it, the Heston lychee and strawberry gatto. I happened to be mentioning to my brother you'd been raving about it. He said, I'm going to defrost it later today. We thought it was delicious. And no calories. Ha! Exactly. No calories. Oh, it was delicious. It was really nice, actually. What did I have over the weekend? Actually, I became quite creative over the weekend. I'm not normally a creative person. I did meatballs the other day with... Well, I, I say I, I bought them, you know, you just put them in a pan and heat them up. But I did them with sprouts. 24 sprouts. Little tiny ones, about the size of marbles. Empty it all in there and then put in some beef stock and then just left it. And it was delish. It was delish. So now... And I saw these great chocolates... Sorry, I'm nearly sort of excited myself there. Oh, by the way, before I forget, Winter Wonderland, the biggest rides are now £7 each this year. They've gone up from £6. Uh, most things are about £4. Chips, £3. I can remember prices for you. Uh, hot dogs, you know, the uh, the German Wurst or the Kaiser Wurst or the Curry Wurst or anything like that, £4.50. £4.50. There was somebody selling smoked salmon there, as if you go to a fun fair and buy smoked salmon. I mean, it's full of chavs, the place, as you can well imagine. And the worst thing is, because it gets so packed, there's pushchairs everywhere. I mean, I don't know why people take pushchairs to a fun fair, because it's rammed, this place. Loads of places selling booze. Very, very expensive. Do not buy, because a friend of mine bought... You know, you know when you see the people at the chocolate fountains? And there was a woman doing strawberries or marshmallows or banana, and it was £4 for a stick, until we realised that she'd cut the strawberries in half. So there was only two strawberries on there because they were cut in half. But because it was flat down, you didn't know that until you until you bit into the blasted thing. Four pa- a friend of mine was moaning about four blooming pounds? Four pounds for two strawberries? I said, yeah. And they were also selling crisps, potato crisps, threaded onto a thing. Corn on the cob, £3.50. You could buy two for a quid round my way. Paul Cooper does two for a quid. So it shows the profit. Loads of places with booze and thing. I, I did like my my Kaiserwurst. I did like that. I always liked that, which is quite nice. And I liked looking. Didn't didn't do any rides. Average ride about four pounds. But there's loads to see up there. But if you're going, get there early because by the time you get sort of later in the day, pack solid, pack solid. So anyway, so I've just thought I'd tell you about that and tell you how uh, how good Heston's thing was. What else did we do this weekend? God, I can't remember. There were just so many things. And now we get ever closer, because next week we're going to be into Christmas, aren't we? And then it's going to go like that. We're going to race through December, and before you know where, where you are, we're into the January sales, which start on Boxing Day. So, in other words, don't buy anything for Christmas. Say, listen, Father Christmas doesn't have it in yet. I'll get it on Boxing Day for you. That way you save the money. But no, like fools every year, we spend the money and the shops go, ha, 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 gotcha. It's LBC 97.3. It's 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to 5. This is the uh, place where... Early morning London comes out. Yes, everybody listens to this programme in the morning. Somebody says, if Joey Essex is playing deliberately stupid, he's doing it very convincingly. Well, he's been playing it for ages. He is the village idiot. He's a, he's a, he's a five-year-old kid in an adult body. That's why. It's, it's, it's very carefully, very carefully worked out. Very carefully worked out so that they know exactly how to show him in the best possible light. They know everything about him and they can channel it because they've got two shows lined up for him already. Mark says, I thought Chas and David disbanded. No, they've actually, I think because one of them, I think his wife died. 
I think, and then he just he lost the will to play, so they've coaxed him back in again. So it's not the quickest reunion, Mark. It's because they had a bereavement, and uh, I think that's quite a serious thing. Uh, somebody says, I'm glad Joey's cousin is speaking about the vile Sam Fahirs, who admitted to slapping him on Towie. I've met him very sweet but very childlike. Um, Chaz and David, the Royal Variety, doesn't get any better than that. Yes, I agree. And somebody says, read Royal Variety. No, Peter Andre. No, sadly, insania boy, uh, not interested. Not interested. You could never put him on there. You couldn't put him on there. But just going back to Joey Essex, all the papers over the weekend, and in fact, quite a number today are talking about Joey Essex again. In fact, in The Sun, the ghastly Sam Fahirs is flogging her 30-cent 30, uh, 30 story to anybody who will listen. And nobody's remotely interested, I'm afraid. It's a, bit, it's a bit sad and tragic, a bit like her, I suppose. And so she's sort of said, oh, we had our first argument over beans. That's how simple he is. That's how simple he is. They had, a, they had an argument over a tin of baked beans because he's a child. Unfortunately, the revolting Sam for here's, um says he has a whole room of trainers, 200 pairs of them, because he's a child. He has lots of watches. I mean, very unwisely, one of his cousins very stupidly, because they're a bit thick. Uh, most of the Sims family are a bit dim, I'm afraid. And, and he said, oh, he's, he's got a £20,000 watch, a 70000 I thought, he's going to be robbed. He's already been robbed of one watch. You know, but he's a child, so he buys lots of trainers. He doesn't, he doesn't, I shouldn't imagine he understands tax or anything like that. He's not intelligent enough for that. He's a child, and Sam for here is, who's flogging her own sad story because she doesn't have anything else going for her. Her and her naff sister got that boutique whereas Joey Essex can go places you don't need to be hampered down Joey by her sick with Amy Willerton she's far more intelligent she's far more natural she's not an old fraud mind you talking of fraud did you see it did you see I did tweet about it picture in the Saturday papers of Chantel with a big gut hanging over the top of her bikini in a park photograph with a photographer you know why she's making a DVD for Christmas having to it was all carefully prepared and I told you all about it ages ago and I did say, this is what you will see coming up to Christmas. Fat, bloated celebrities, like the talentless Chantelle, in a park, with a gut hanging out. You know, like you'd be there, unless you've got a photographer and you've got a personal trainer with you. And so she was going, oh, I just love eating all this food and love... I'm thinking, you're making a DVD, love. You're a fraud. She was a fraud first time round. If you remember, when they put her into the Celebrity Big Brother house... She was the fake celebrity. She was pre- pretending to be something. She spent most of her life pretending to be talented. Unfortunately, there is no talent. No talent whatsoever. Oh, God. No talent whatsoever. So what they've done is they've said, listen, uh, you want to make some money over Christmas? I tell you what, just eat loads of kebabs and Chinese, love. Have your gut hanging over the top of your knickers. And we'll get somebody to photograph you and we'll go, look, um, it's, you know, it's absolutely fantastic. You can make loads of money at Christmas, about 150 grand. So that's what she's done. She'll bring out a DVD and she'll appear on all the chat shows and they'll all pander and brown nose her. You know, like, the oh, you look marvellous. You've done this. They're just making money. That's all it is. It's a, she doesn't have any talent to do anything, so she just eats. It's like, you know, the kind of thing you probably want to do. You eat, get really fat, and then they give you 150 grand, and over three months, or two months in her case, you do intensive training, and you go out in a public park so everybody can see you. You're supposed to doing it in a private gym. They have to do it publicly so you can see how fat and bloated she is. And that's what it is, actually. Uh, 84850. Somebody says here, four quid for two strawberries. At least Dick Turbin wore a mask. Yes. <laughs> and Dean says, what posh supermarket sellers Italian pancetta, Lidl calls lardons and sells for nearly a third? <laughs> yes. I quite like that, actually. I mean, I just go out and buy bacon and cut it up and put it into things. I mean, I just, just to do sprouts with bacon is something really simple, really, really easy to do. And it's fantastic. 
absolutely fantastic. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. So uh, a friend of mine is making these, these programmes with Joey Essex. When he comes out, he's got two lined up. One will be doing monkeys, and then there's another one. They want to make him into a presenter, but unfortunately, he won't ever go that route because he's simple. And you can't have a simple presenter. Uh, they, they tried it with, with Jedward, and you know how they don't come any more simple than Jedward. Even Louis Walsh, in the end, got, got shot of them as quick as possible because they're just, they're just they're little children. And that, unfortunately, is the same problem with Joey Essex. But two years ago, he made about 350 grand in the year. So it's easy to make that kind of money. You do some, some openings of nightclubs and stuff like that. You turn up, you go, yeah, do a big smile, have your picture taken with a few people, trouser four or five grand, and off you go to the next one. It's, it's, it's big business now. He even came to Twickenham. I think I was cleaning, cleaning the cat that night. I didn't manage to make it to his gig, which was OK. And so you watch it, it's contrived. Matthew Wright, I think, is pretending that he's got various various things wrong with him so that he can get the public sympathy. At one point, he put on a bikini. Matthew Wright in a bikini, very unwise, very flabby little body, I thought. But then you want to see flabby bodies. Look at Anton Deck. They're both on holiday. Now, I don't know about you, but I wear Speedos when I'm on holiday because it's an attractive look. And uh, Ant and Deck are wearing shorts. And I think shorts look really, really naff on holiday. You know, you're going out swimming in the sea. Shorts. <laughs> no, it just doesn't look right. It, you look fat and bloated. And Ant and Deck, there's pictures. You wear shorts. Yeah, on your holiday. They're so naff, though, aren't they? You see, I don't mind shorts down to your knees, because that's OK, because you sort of they look a bit Hawaiian. But when you're wearing just other... Sh- they just look like old men things. So we don't like that at all, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Steve, Sam for here is a vile old bag. The only way is Essex has built her up and she's believed her. Oh, I know, horrible person. I mean, she's admitted, admitted to hitting Joey Essex. As far as I'm concerned, he's remedial. I think he's remedial and she should be taken to court and prosecuted. She's a horrible person. She's trying to build up her own business on his success. My advice would be to him and his management, and I know they listen, uh, to ditch her as fast as possible. Get him up into town. uh, Let him have a flat up here. You have to keep an eye on him because he he doesn't cope very well by himself. And uh, and that way he can sort of have his career and doesn't need to be anywhere near her because she's going to be selling stories about him for ages to come. Whereas, in fact, she said on one of the Sunday papers, we were having sex six times a day. I mean, I don't know anybody who has sex six times a day. Ten, maybe. Twelve. Six times a day. I mean, honestly, you'd be worn out. Absolutely. It's not physically possible, is it? Six times. The producer's going, no. And he knows about these things. Six times a year, you'd be lucky, wouldn't you? There's people married going six times a year? Are you serious? Over a five-year period, maybe. Because before you're married... It's like rabbits. It's like, yeah, here, they're on the top of the bus, on the wardrobe, inside the wardrobe, in the kitchen, in the bath, clinging from the chandelier, everywhere. The moment you get married, it finishes. There is no more SEX at all, I'm afraid, when you get married. And you better be grateful for getting it when you can. None of this. Should we have sex tonight? Uh, no, I've got a headache. All right, OK. That's always the excuse. I've never had a headache in my life. <laughs> Speedo, Steve. I always thought you were a leopard print thong man. I might have both. I met somebody the other day, a friend of mine, who's got uh, a mankini. Have you seen them? Oh, you've seen them. All right. Do people wear them as a joke in the bedroom or something? You know, and the girlfriend goes, hmm, that looks very sexy. Not. <laughs> David Emmanuel, with his ridiculous fake made in Chelsea accent, is irritating. Yes, I mean, well, he, he always was. 
He always was irritating. He's sort of terribly, terribly like that, isn't it? Terribly, terribly effective. And uh, he's just, a, he's just a camp dress designer. That's all he is. He's a camp dress designer. <laughs> but, but they're not, they're not putting them on. They're not, they're not covering them fully on this program on the television because they're concentrating on Joey Essex and Matthew Wright. And to be honest with you, you know, Joey Essex is sweet, but. You know, he is simple, but he does the tasks. If you notice, that's, that's, that's the child in him. That's the mental age of, you know, do that. Yeah, I'll try that. Kids will eat anything. Kids will sit there and eat dirt. Makes no difference to him. You know, would you like to eat, eat one of the ostrich testicles or something like that? I mean, you know, ho-hum, you know, whatever. Floats your boat. Not for me, I'm afraid. But you're doing it and he's getting paid money. And, and he doesn't care. He'll just do it. If he doesn't, he go, horrible. But that's, that's the funny thing. You're all going, horrible. How do you do that sort of stuff? Kevin the Milkman and now the grumpy granddad says, Chaz and Dave played the Rebellion Punk Rock, punk rock Festival this summer, proving that no matter what your musical taste, everybody likes a bit of an old knees up. And thank you to all the Facebookers for your kind words about the fact I have become a granddad. He said, somebody's got to give our Neil competition. <laughs> Somebody says you can buy petrol vouchers from various supermarkets. Yeah, but, you know, she might not have these particular supermarkets on her way to work. So I think she'd just give her the money, isn't it, and she'd spend it on petrol. Kate picked up some little strings of LED battery-operated lights at the big Swedish store yesterday. Ten lights for £3 a string. Fab for the door wreath. Yes, they're very good for things like that, aren't they? Very, very good for things. I like stuff like that. Uh, on the subject of on the subject of pumping up tyres, Bob says, why do you make the hissing sound when you pump up your tyres? If you listen carefully, the machine does it for you. <laughs> no, I go, I love doing that. I love doing that. I love pumping up my car tyres. I think it's fantastic. I have so much fun, actually, pumping up car tyres. I'm so easily pleased. Today, Christmas crackers and pumping up car tyres. Actually, I might go get the car tyre changed. It's about, about 250 quid to get the car. We've been paid, so I, I feel safer using the card. So I can get, I'll get the tyre done today. Because better that you get it done now than worry about it over Christmas, isn't it, when nothing's open. Not that it makes any difference to me. Uh, one here says, uh, on the money, your day's always busy. You've always got something to talk about, says Abdul. Absolutely. There is never a day goes by where I don't have something to talk about. People are frightened. I mean, I remember Clive, who looks after Nick Ferrari's breakfast show, telling us about his love life in the studio. And as Nick Ferrari and him are discussing it, and then he said, Steve Allen's in here. He'll talk about this on the programme. Two rights. Too right. You watch, he'll be in here later on this morning. We go, don't talk about it. I mean, he's, he'll be listening now. I know who he, you know, who he's had flings with. You know, and, and, and we all know now. <laughs> and it's just, he's now going to please, please, please don't say anything. Please don't say anything. I was quite surprised at one of them because I never knew. And I normally, normally am the first person to know these things. I knew one of them was occurring while we were in Barcelona. I remember that one distinctly, because they came out of the lift together and were thinking, wait a minute, something's going on here. Because the, the, the company got taken away years ago. Taken away. Uh, we all got flown out to Barcelona. Uh, I got all, all the presenters got really lovely double rooms. Not only did I have two beds in my room, but I had two baths in the bathroom. Two baths? I've never heard of anything like it. Two baths in the bathroom. It was absolutely fantastic. I love Barcelona. I've been there twice, uh, three times. Because uh, an ex-flatmate of mine was working at the Lido out there in a big, uh, a big show. Uh, Bob? Uh, oh, yes, I mean, I did, we, I'm sorry to pick on other people's misery, but it does make me laugh. Uh, sorry. Anthea Turner was pictured 
handing back the keys to the house uh, because she's left it. And, you know, it's awful for poor old Anthea, you know. Little, I don't know what you could say about Anthea Turner. Actually, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I could say about her, but she was crying handing it back because uh, her old man went off and cheated. But then, of course, Anthea knows how it feels. Well, she does now because uh, Grant Bovey's ex-wife knew exactly how it felt when he went off and cheated with Anthea Turner. So only a taste of what, what she suffered, I suppose, at the same time. So she's had to give back this £5 million house. Uh, because I think they've got there's some complex deal with their companies. They've got companies that haven't made money and some companies that have made a little bit of money, and I suspect they're having to pay back left, right and centre. Anyway, she's luckily found herself another man, so there's no point in being disappointed about something, do you? You just have to learn to downsize, won't you? Like the rest of the country. Uh, Joe says, and another one here. Oh, she bought a... a a halogen cooker. I was looking forward to cooking my meat in it. Plugged it in, set the temperature of the timer. Cooked for about two minutes, then tripped all the electric off. Tried it again, did the same thing. Oh, you must have got a rogue one. I've, I've not had any trouble with mine at all. It's only turning on three halogen lights. It's not complicated. So, does the timer on yours go up in seconds or minutes? It's minute. It's just a, a simple little switch. That's all it is. It's lovely. I absolutely adore it. I use it all the time. <laughs> Sex six times a day is possible if you aren't bothered about the quality of the sex, says Bob. Oh, come on, a long-distance memory for you, I should imagine. Heavens above, over the age of 35, you're doing it from memory anyway. He says long shorts are required for men over 35. Well, I'm 39, so I've got long shorts. <laughs> Not. 84850, steve at I was going to look in the, uh, in the papers today. There was this really, really strange story about a football coach who's accused of historical events with... Members of the team. It's it's a really strange story that hit some of the the papers today, and they're investigating because people are saying this is just absolutely ridiculous. This is a a Stoke City star, a star. I mean, I don't know anything about Stoke City. Are they are they in the first division, second, Premier League? See, it doesn't mean anything. I don't know what you're talking about. That top league is that? Oh, right, right. Oh, right. He's facing allegations that he he sexually assaulted a teenage apprentice at the Premier League club. But somebody, as a former trainee, has brought a civil case because the police have said there's nothing to answer, so he's had to take a civil case out. The Crown Prosecution Service ruled there was insufficient evidence. So if somebody says that to you, what they do is, you make allegations, it goes to the uh, the CPS. Yeah, it's, it's CPS. And they then base, you know, what, what they've got, and they've said there's insufficient evidence. So obviously the person thought there was, so he's taken out a civil case against this uh, bloke, and uh, he says here, and I don't know how how much this goes on in Premier League clubs. I mean, different things happen. Rugby players, I'm quite sure, you know, spend a lot of time showing each other their bottoms. That's quite normal in rugby. We have streakers at rugby. You tend not to have them at football. But here, he says that this man assaulted him with a goalkeeping glove covered in deep heat. I don't know if you've ever used deep heat. It's kind of nice. You sort of put it on and then it kind of gets warm. Kind of gets very warm. But um, you then heard somebody shout, give him the glove. So this is, I mean, this to me sounds like a right of initiation. Does that not sound like, you know, people do things like that in the army. It might not be agreed by many people, but they do a right of a, you know, they do it in America, the frat initiations. That's what people do. You want to be in the fraternity, then you've got to go through this initiation process. And I'm assuming this is a similar kind of thing. As it turns out, there's quite a number of people. This person is suing for £5,000. £5,000 for distress, pain, humiliation, injury, loss and damage. And because it was donkey's years ago, 
And it's a civil case. I'm not sure how far it will go. The other one was those three girls in the army who sued successfully in the fact that they were made to walk at the same pace as the soldiers. And apparently it's given them back problems. What in God's name are we putting in the army nowadays? And because they were the men were taller than the women, that apparently gave them joint trouble and groin strain and all the rest. I've never heard anything like it. Watch a bunch of fairies we've got in the army nowadays. It's more disciplined round here. Have I missed the out time again? I can't help it, can I? I'm just a law unto myself, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care, because it's Monday, and I'm in a particularly good mood today. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Eight minutes to five. Who cares about the time? You don't need to worry. This is where uh, everybody wakes up in the morning to this programme. And Ken wants to know why Becky Adlington is always exempt from doing things on medical grounds in the jungle. I thought she was in peak condition. Oh, isn't she boring? Isn't she... Even the producer said, God, she's boring. All she does is cry about how unattractive she is. Well, she can't have only just realised that now. I mean, how is that possible? She's always been unattractive, but it doesn't matter. Not everybody's... So what they've done is they've actually put, you know, the unattractive Becky Adlington, but she's got medals, in with a, a girl who makes her living through flaunting her body in bikinis. Nobody's ever going to ask Becky Adlington to model anything. Get over yourself. What a drip. What a boring person. Apart from being proud of what she's actually done, she's moaning about her looks. I mean, God, think how Layla Morse must be feeling. I mean, God knows. Godzilla was attractive standing next to that woman. Matthew Wright, look at him. He's going to come out. He's the biggest fraud going in there. Pretending he's frightened of this, knowing that they're going to give him the trials. The moment you say, I'm really frightened about spiders, well, let's book him for the first one. So that's all they keep doing. It's the same two people. You would think that, in fact, there are only two people in that show. Joey Essex and the girl with the bra on. Ridiculous. Uh, 84850, which is good. Sorry, I was reading something. I was just reading a text from Jonathan Levi. (laughs) I've been carried away. Uh, Actually, strangely enough, Jonathan's got a programme running on the television at the moment, which we mentioned the other day. And uh, this is Mystery Map, second episode this Wednesday at 8pm. He said we got 4.2 million viewers last week. 4.2 million. And episode two is better than episode one. They're definitely definitely grooming, aren't they, John? Because Jonathan knows about these things at ITV because he's he's quite high up and he sort of makes programmes and they appear on social. They're definitely grooming Joey Essex, aren't they? They're definitely grooming him to sort of, to be something. I don't think you could put him on as a presenter. God knows, I was reading one of the TV critics this week and they were saying, you know, please, Paul O'Grady, hurry up and get better. Come back to work soon because we had the ultimate worst presenter ever the other day. Vernon Kay. A man so deluded that he's a presenter, it's an embarrassment to watch. It's bad enough with Toss Daly. You know, who's, who's on with, with Brucey, who was very down over the weekend. Did you notice Brucey was, um, not got long to go. Vinnie Jones was talking about his cancer, and his wife had it as well. I was wondering what had happened to Vinnie Jones, and then that hit the front pages. And then there's other stories on the front pages this morning about this, I mean, this, this bizarre one, that Tony Blair had a fling with Murdoch's wife, Wendy Deng. Have you ever heard such a thing? People have had to deny it. I had to say, no, don't be, don't be so silly. Of course it's not true. Uh, 84850, do I not remember a time when you had your tyre changed whilst on air? Funniest bit of broadcasting, I nearly woke the neighbours up hooting with laughter, says Glenn. Yes, we did. I drove into the car park in our last building, and as I drove into the gate to put my card in to open the gate, we had a secure car park, there was, I'd driven over glass. And as I 
wound down the window, I heard... I thought, oh, God, the gates... They couldn't open the gates quick enough. Drove in. By the time I'd driven in, flat as a pancake. And I was just going on air. And Alan Dodgen came to the rescue. He said, uh, right, so we, we called the... I think it was the AA. I'm a member of the RAC now. Because I quite like the RAC. I quite like the RAC. And, and we called them out, and it was raining. And so we went out there and carried on doing the programme under an umbrella with the man changing the tyre on the car. So we had to empty the boot of the car, which is always full of chocolates and wonderful things. It's like an Aladdin's cave. You could live in the boot of my car and eat. You'd never starve. I think at the moment there's eight boxes of chocolates, two beautiful trays. I nearly bought one in to show you just how, how nice they were. And uh, then I thought, no, I'm not going to spend the money. <laughs> no point. And they're about three feet long, full of dessert chocolates, apple strudel and lemon meringue pie and really nice yeah. In fact, no, this, this is a different bot. I've never seen these before. They're in like a metal tray. Really beautiful. So I thought my brother's getting those. Not for you. Not for you. I've got you another present. Got you another present. You know what I've got you anyway, don't you? Don't you? No. Oh, it's an arsonist. And uh, now I've got your house number. Yes, yes. James. <laughs> James is now going back home to your place. So uh, where was I? Oh, yes. So I was say the uh, so we, we, we changed the car tyre and we did it on the programme at the same time. Us, the, R, the, the AA man. It was hilarious. Hilarious. Very funny. So you're quite right. You do remember that. My God, you have been listening for some time. Actually, talking to people listening for some time, the driver this morning, Mr. Steve, I listened to you for ages, for ages. It, that was exactly how he spoke, I promise you. I thought Polish. Always wrong. And, um, and so people were listening, for, and they remember things on the programme. He said, I remember we had trouble with the bank, and you phoned up, and you couldn't remember your passwords. And, that kind of, and I said, yeah. I said, I've, I have them written down. I was going to get the producer's birthday pre- uh, Christmas present today. I'm telling him that now, so he thinks I'm spending a lot of money. And, um, in fact, it's costing nothing. And so, freebie. And so I, I went on to the website, and, and I started doing it yesterday at home, and then I thought, no, I'm going to go and get it from the actual place. It's easier to get it from the place, then I don't have to start filling in details on it. I don't need that. I can do it, and then they can send it on to him. It's easier that way, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, how, how much can it cost for a box of matches? <laughs> Uh, you got what? And petrol, yes. I've got my own petrol in the car. I just sort of hook the car up to your flat. It's amazing how, how quickly it goes. Um, Warren is hoping that Joey Essex is an Essex boy. He so is. And um, uh, another one. Oh, this, so just going back to Jonathan. He says, uh, <laughs> I'd be worried if I were Mark Wright. He says, there's another pretty Essex boy with fake white teeth in town with Joey Essex. Room for both of them? Probably not. No, I think, you see, I don't think you can give Joey Essex a, uh, a presenting job because he, uh, he's, he's a bit simple. But I think what you can do is maybe give him documentaries. He can do little things that he likes, like he likes monkeys. I don't know when he's ever mentioned this before, but he must have done, I suppose. And so he's going out to do a documentary on monkeys. And that'll be fine, because they, that, that's not too complicated. He'll just sort of stand there, because he's childlike. He'd better play with them. Whereas Jade Goody was at the other end of the spectrum. She was deeply unattractive and played thick to the limit. I don't think you could ever play it anymore. She suddenly realised that people were talking about her. And so she would deliberately say something that was so stupid... You couldn't, you couldn't quite believe. With Joey Essex, I really don't think he understands anything. That's why, as they've said, he's actually got, um, he's actually got two hundred pairs of trainers, and he's got these funny little outfits because he's a child. He's got his watches. He likes his sort of bling. He comes up with these funny little phrases. I've never heard anybody say "ream" in Essex. 
I've never heard anybody say, oh, I'd like to meet a nice salty potato. You just, they don't, it's made up. They've, they've given him key words. The latest phrase for him is, I really love my dad. You know, which is, he's always been told to say that because that sort of endears him to people. So now you know that his mother committed suicide. That, again, indeed... Oh, I just realised Rizzle Kicks are doing the Royal Variety as well. Hope they're not doing their new single. It's dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. But I tell you what I did hear the other day, and I love it. I can't stop playing it in the car. The Wanted's new single. It's really good. I mean, they were doing it, I think, on The Letterman Show. And I've got it on my Now 86, which I play in the car, which is very good. And I can't stop playing it. Track 20. I'm that good at, at knowing. And it's so catchy. I found myself singing along to it. And I don't sing. Yet. News at five is next with Zora. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Sharon says you're being paid to promote Joey Essex. Oh, you've seen through it. Of course I am. Of course I am. Are you, are you mad? Of course. <laughs> Heavens above. Somebody says he was born in Bermondsey. Oh, there you go. Uh, 84850. Sarah says, when my dad finished his apprenticeship, he was stripped in a Belfast sink full of lots of different coloured inks as he was a colour retoucher. Yes, I mean, I just thought that these things happen. I mean, I think this one's perhaps a little bit more serious. I think, you know, when it goes into into sort of the actual sort of sexual kind of realm, then it's different. But this is, again, it's historic, 25 years ago. And already the... Uh, CPS have said no. There's no, no charge to answer. He's taken out a civil thing. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, be warned today if you're a cyclist or if you're an HGV driver, they're out to get you today. Uh, not just a few officers, as you've heard on the news. Two and a half thousand officers will be handing out fixed penalties at 166 junctions. They're going to make a small fortune today. I'm sick to death of uh, cyclists who are jumping red. I saw, I saw it the other day. A family... Family, again, not the first time I've seen a family jumping red lights. And you feel like saying, are you... Re-? In fact, the funny thing is, down here, opposite the Pret-a-Manger, there were, there were some, um, some cyclists, they, the, the lights were red, and they quite clearly realised that they shouldn't go over them. So they didn't, they waited there. Except some woman who sailed completely over there. I felt like saying, are you thick? Why do you think they're sitting there, love? Stupid woman, honestly. I wanted to poke a walking stick into the things and knock her off her bicycle. They're such idiots, these people. Such idiots. Apparently there are two cards, says Rhea from Stockwell, about the ASDA student cards. One for parent, carer, who could top up the card from any ATM anywhere, and the other one for the student, who just goes to any ATM and gets the money. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, 84850. D says, I just thought, listening to the promo for Nick Ferrari's show, somebody phoned in remembering watching the announcement of JFK's death on the TV. Surely it was early morning here. We didn't have TV in the mornings then. I was confused. I don't know. I, I really couldn't tell you. But you're probably right, though, I should imagine. You're probably right. But I, I don't know about that. Uh, one says, uh, I had a nice GP who signed me off when my dad died earlier this year. No way I could function after caring for him. I got... Um, I, I thought most companies, though, gave you some sort of compassionate leave. You know, it's just... It's a common courtesy... It's a common courtesy. When uh, Duncan, when his, his mum died, quite clearly because he's freelance, he can take as much time off as he wants. Because if he doesn't work, he doesn't get paid. It doesn't make any difference to the company. But they would say, you come back when, when you're ready to come back. And that's exactly what he did. When my mum died, I had, a, I think, a week off. 
And to be honest with you, I was bored witless at the end of it because once somebody's died, it's different if they're if they're going through that sort of process and they're not very well and they say, you know, there's a chance that they might not live, then it's then it's it's difficult. But once somebody's died, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't go back, I'm afraid. So once you've had the funeral, you sit there and I remember a friend of mine dealt with all of the uh, people phoning from work and things like that, and then he he phoned them up and said, Steve said he'll come back to work on Monday, and that was that was fine. So I can't understand any place of work who's going to be difficult about, you know, somebody who's just recently been bereaved. That I can't understand at all. I mean, I understand that some people can get time off. But unfortunately, uh, the other problem is, if it's a relative, you don't get time off. There's no, there's no statute laid down in, in law that you can actually have time off for a relative. So it's a bit difficult, isn't it? Uh, one of my friends says Paul in Manchester, who works for a large department store group, told me over the weekend they plans afoot to start their Boxing Day sale the week before Christmas, as they did last year. Well, it's, I mean, I just feel like saying to everybody, I tell you what, let's delay buying Christmas this year till the sales start. What's the point of spending, you know, I would, I would be really peeved, really peeved, if I went out and bought something for, say, £150, and then in the sale the following day, it's on sale for 40 quid. I would be really, really fed up. So I don't like that now. He says, couldn't help but smile when you mentioned Mr Goss and the hat. One of the guys from Rizzle Kicks has very little hair and doesn't give a forex what people think. And it's not to stop them selling records. Looking forward to the new TV quiz with Chris Tarrant, Show Me the Telly, which starts tonight. On tonight's edition, joined by Simon Gregson from Corrie and uh, Queen of Reality TV. That's what it says in my telly, Mag. Van someone or other. Who's that? Who is it? Oh, is it Dinner? Oh, dear. <laughs> he says, how nice to see Don Black on TV on Friday with Joe Brand. Now that's a composer of music, Mr. Andrex. Yes, Don Black, nicest man you'll meet. Nicest man you'll meet. Just gets on and does it, doesn't he? Just gets on and does it. Whereas Peter Andre, dreary bore of the First Order. But we seem to be surrounded by them. I mean, I just... It just absolutely astounds me sometimes the stuff that we put up with in this country. We must be complete idiots, mustn't we? Uh, eight for eight five. Oh, Mary says, I'm traumatised, Steve. Joey Essex says a lettuce is a cabbage. Is that true? I don't, do you know, it's too early in the morning to worry about deep, meaning questions like that. I've got no idea. No idea. No idea. Oh, Kelly Brooks celebrated her 150th birthday the other day and says she went skating at Winter Wonderland with some friends and a photographer. Always very useful, I always think. Um, what's this one? Apparently... Uh, ben Cohen has been voted off Strictly Come Dancing. Mark Benton has scraped through again. Unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's just, it's done on popularity. Cliff Richard, 73, look, 72, uh, is in the paper. He's launched a sparkling rosé wine to honour the birth of Prince George. And so this is his vineyard, ghastly wine. Ghastly wine. Even he says it's ghastly. Do you remember years ago, he went on the television, you might not remember it, and they had a tasting of blind wines. They gave him his, went, Oof. I thought, that's your wine, mate. That's your wine. But uh, Cliff looking somewhat odd at the moment. Uh, the wine is called Congratulations. And he launched it at the Sofitel Hotel, Terminal 5, Heathrow Airport. I dropped a friend of mine off at the airport on Saturday morning. And, and I, don't think I've, I think I've only ever been to Terminal 5 once. It's like going on a giant roller coaster. You've got to, you've got to follow the sign. Bad enough for me, and I'm, I'm British. Even I got lost. We had to go round twice to find where we were supposed to be going. Anyway, threw him off there. It's a huge terminal. Uh, the Beckhams, apparently, have sold Beckenham Palace, a dump of a place, if you ask me, and they bought a place in town, £40 million, they say, on this mansion. Uh, fools. 
fools. You can get much more out of town. Why you want to live in town? I've got no idea. They spend most of their time in America. And this is a four-storey mansion. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't believe it. I really don't believe it. Because already everybody knows where it is. It's in Notting Hill. And it costs them £40 million. But they say here, there's also uh, staff and security... Staff and security will have access to a tunnel which takes them unseen to a second property. Well, how stupid is that? I mean, they, they've obviously made out that they're so, so blooming rich now that £40 million is nothing. It'll have a hair salon for posh. Well, that's ridiculous. Might as well go up the Andes, dear, and just wait for the yaks to shed it and then stick it on your head. Why have you got a hair salon? Two rooms to house her shoe collection, a room for hairdressing, manicures, and makeup. It sounds ghastly, doesn't it? Absolutely ghastly, I'm afraid. Absolutely terrible. And so they're, you know, as usual, being flash. Uh, they've already installed a sound system so that music can be played in every room in the house. And they're planning on adding specially designed waterproof plasma TVs in every bathroom. I don't think you need to design them, dear. They've been on sale for the last ten years. I stayed in Blackpool about five or six years ago and they had plasmas in the bathroom. You don't need to design anything. Apparently, Brooklyn, Romeo, Cruz and daughter Harper 2 will take over the second floor of the house, which has three bedrooms, all with ensuite. Oh, God, so they've got a share. Oh, God, you have fallen on hard times. Couldn't you afford anywhere decent? The lower ground includes a study. For what? A gym and a massage room, three service rooms and a small garden. And there's an underground garage where David can keep his fleet of cars. And where are they, dear? Where are they at the moment? Apparently, they've sold the Hertfordshire home for 12 million... And the decision to sell up was down to the beginning of a new era for the family. David, in particular, was desperately sad to sell the family home as there are so many memories there. They've hardly been there. Hardly been there. They live in America all the time. It's 12 acres. 12 acres. And so they've now got this pokey little place in Notting Hill. They won't like it. They won't like it. I know people who lived in Notting Hill and they had to move out again. Horrible area. I wouldn't want to live. £40 million. So the press will just sit outside there watching her going in and out of this mausoleum. Dreadful. Uh, Steve, did you hear about the baby in China? Yes, he was about to be cremated. And it let out a whimper in the crematorium. They only... It's literally... And they went, it's alive. So that was... That was very lucky. That was very lucky. Uh, Joey Essex didn't know a cabbage was different from a lettuce. He didn't know the words to, I will survive. Wow. Uh, Peter Crouch, husband of dancer Abby Clancy, currently plays for Stoke. That's the city's claim to fame. Oh right, it's a, it's a it's a it's a stupid story. It's a stupid story because it's another one of these historical things, and I don't know how many years people go back now for all of this sort of stuff. It's you can you'll read it in all the papers today because the CPS have said nothing to answer. Uh, they've dropped it, and so the person is convinced they're going to go ahead with it, and so they've taken out a civil claim. Uh, more on this, uh, whose baby was in the slave flat. Most peculiar story. Nick Ferrari is going to be talking about this this morning. It is odd. It is very, very odd. And Vinnie Jones has said he's fighting his toughest and scariest opponent in his battle against cancer. The ex-footballer turned movie star. Oh, don't be so stupid. He's not a movie star at all. He had a minor part in a, in a thing. He can barely string two words together. Uh, he had a lump under his eye and a tumour from the back of his head removed after being diagnosed with skin cancer. Apparently his uh, wife Tanya has had the disease for years, said cancer is a horrible word, it frightens the life out of you. Doesn't need to. Doesn't need to. Really doesn't need to. Uh, Matthew Wright's wife has revealed he's got uh, more tricks planned for the jungle. I think he needs to stop taking his clothes off. Somebody actually this week very, very kindly advised David Beckham and uh, poor Melanie Sykes, keep your clothes on in future, you're just an embarrassment I'm afraid. 
to the family. Here's David in his, in his pants again. Get over yourself, for goodness sake. Mind you, living in that £40 million mausoleum, that'll be lovely. I love the way they make it sound like they've designed plasmas for the bathroom. It sounds really pokey. And no garden for the kids to play football in. Where will they be going to kick a football around? They won't be living there. They'll be, they'll be having it as a London base. But to be honest with you, for 40 million quid, you could book into the Savoy and have a suite of rooms there and have it for donkey's years. Why worry about wasting the money? Very bad advice. Uh, hope they catch a few cyclists peddling today. Yes, right light jumpers are the worst, aren't they, says Ian. Well, there's two and a half thousand police officers out on the street for this one. 650 at the busy junctions and the rest of them handing out fixed penalty notices. I can't wait for the... How, how, how many do we... How do we reckon? What should we bet on for tomorrow? How many fixed penalty notices will we be reporting tomorrow on LBC? 600, you reckon? 600 fixed penalty notices. I don't know how much it costs, actually. I really have no idea. Whatever it is, they'll be done for riding on the pavements, jumping red lights. They're going to get you. Quarter past five. <laughs> 20 minutes past five at Steve Allen's early breakfast at LBC. Hello. OK. There you go. Uh, there's nothing. I felt sorry for some poor couple called Andrew and Julie Kellum. Andrew and Julie Kellum booked a £3,500 trip to San Jose, Mexico, and ended up in San Jose, California. A little bit of a difference. Although, to be honest with you, I mean, California so much nicer than Mexico. They expected an emotional reunion with their daughter, Frankie, who's worked abroad for eight months. But Thomas Cook sent them uh, on a 20-hour trip to a city 1,500 miles away from their destination. They only found out when hotel dancer Frankie... Oh, yeah. ..rang them as she scoured the airports for them on arrivals. Support worker Julie says she was crying her eyes out, says we can't take it all... You only went to a wrong airport, love. It's not death. God, what a drippy family. They come from Harrogate in North Yorkshire. Can't tell you much about Harrogate in North Yorkshire, except to think they have a very famous tea room up there. I think Harrogate. Harrogate is that a famous tea room up there? But anyway, all they did they went to the wrong they went to the wrong San Jose. The pair had to spend a night sleeping on airport chairs and pay eight hundred pounds to fly to Mexico. Andrew said it was a nightmare. We missed two days with our daughter. Oh, grow up and get over yourselves, for God's sake! We missed two days with our daughter. She's a dancer in a show. That's tacky in itself. Thomas Cook offered an £800 refund and a £100 goodwill voucher. When the Sun interviewed, they upped it to £1,400. The agent's net flights arm said, we apologise. It's a, it's a mistake. Anybody can make a mistake. Nick Ferrari, at seven this morning, as it's revealed that the women rescued from a house in Lambeth were part of a Marxist cult. They could be looking at how prevalent these cults are in the capital. Plus Lord Stevens talking to Nick about why he thinks we need more bobbies on the beat and why a bereaved parents being made to go back to work after as little as three days. Nick Ferrari and the team after seven this morning. George Pascoe Watson, former political editor at The Sun and our partner at Portland Communications, will be live in the studio. A Marxist cult, ladies and gentlemen. But you never thought you'd hear those words on the programme this morning. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Somebody says, I can't stand the Beckhams. Does she ever smile? No. No. And when he opens his mouth, he's got such a funny little voice. And he's got tattoos all over the place. It's just a little bit tacky, isn't it, I'm afraid? But somebody says, thank goodness they've disappeared off to Notting Hill. Won't be sorry to see them and their unwelcome entourage roaring out around our quiet suburban Kensington streets. There you go. We've got a skating rink in Richmond from the 30th of November. Uh, we have one in Twickenham as well. Everybody's got skating rinks. There's one at Hampton Court Palace. There's one at... Well, they're everywhere. 
One at Winter Wonderland. <coughs> and they've got another one. Where's the other one? Outside the um, Natural History Museum. London Eye, they've got one there. Oh, they've got one there. Blood, they're everywhere. You know why? Because for some inexplicable reason, the British want to ice skate. And there's always kids on the ice who can do it backwards, aren't there? La, 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 la. You so want them to fall over. La, 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 la. Why don't you just go away? You know, there's always one who could do a pirouette. Meanwhile, you're clinging desperately to the side of the barrier as you go round, trying not to make your legs go in completely opposite directions. And they go, la, 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 la. They've always got little rah-rah skirts on. That's the men. And they sort of dance around. You think, oh, why don't you just go? I'm sure they're put on there to annoy people like me. We watched one. I mean, we did think it was the funniest thing ever. There was some poor man who'd obviously been tempted onto the ice. Somebody said, oh, go on, have a go on the ice. Well, of course, if you've never been on ice before, I'll give you a clue. It's slippery. OK? And this man was literally clinging on to the barrier and was walking his way around the ice. But every so often, his, f- his feet just shot out from underneath him and he went down and it was so funny. And at one point, there was somebody else leaning on the barrier and he had to go round them. And that was, that was a vent in itself. It was like a planned expedition. He sort of went... He sort of went to go round, went to cling onto them, and down on the ice he went again. Well, we laughed and laughed and laughed. It was so funny. And uh, I'm quite sure he must have come away with loads of bruises. And then you get the little kid. You want to shoot them, don't you? You absolutely hate them. Uh, Steve, didn't they know the way to San Jose? No, they didn't. (laughs) Steve, the Beckhams can't help it if they're common and have to flaunt their wealth. I was delighted that one of the columnists this week... Uh, I can't remember who it is. I shall remember later on for our free podcast. But she said, how vulgar of Victoria Beckham to uh, to, to tweet pictures of all the shoes they were giving to charity. She said, it's just awful. And it is. It's a vulgar display. They're common. It's a vulgar display of wealth. It's like, look how many shoes I've got that I can afford to give away. To sell them for charity. And so I'm tweeting to let you know I'm doing charity. You know, it is just cheap and tacky, I'm afraid. Very cheap and tacky. But uh, nobody ever said it was interesting. Uh, 84850, steve at Oh, I lost this thing here now. Wait a minute, where's that gone? Wait a minute. Oh, there it is. Uh, oh, I'll do you the weather in a moment. Just thought you'd be thrilled. Dan's up, morning. You're either going home or you're, you're getting up for work this way. It's not very cold. Yes, I did put the heating on on Saturday. Saturday night it was cold, and I got in, and I thought, I'll put the... Because I spent a lot of time wearing shorts at home. I'm, I'm, I don't know why, I just... These are like work clothes, take them off, put on play clothes. Like a romper suit or something like that. A pair of dungarees, make myself look like Peter Andre. And so I thought, I'll put the heating on, and I haven't put the heating on for all year, and it works every time, my heating, it's brilliant. You put it on, and it heats up brilliantly. So it was... I didn't need to bleed the radiators, didn't need to do anything. It was absolutely lovely. Left it on all night, woke up in the morning, had a lovely warm shower, hot shower... And uh, was very, very happy. Very, very happy, actually. Here we go. Weather for today. You might as well know how good or bad it's going to be. Scattered light showers first thing. Clear or sunny spells occurring, along with mainly light winds. Feeling cold. High six degrees today. It's currently five degrees. Tonight, dry with long, clear periods. Patchy freezing fog may also form. Minimum two degrees centigrade. Tuesday, dry with often large amounts of thin cloud. Also bright or sunny periods once any early morning fog has cleared. High seven degrees. Wednesday, sunny intervals. Uh, Thursday, overcast, drizzle, patchy fog. Friday, wet and breezy. What a miserable week. What a miss. Thank goodness you've got this. Thank goodness you've got LBC. And I did mention the other way. I, got, I, I remonstrated with myself on Friday because there was one story I was going to do and I completely forgot about doing it. So I had to do it on the free podcast. And a couple of friends of mine said, heard that, that story about Twickenham. 
because we have the light turned on now. So we've got the best-shaped Christmas tree, but not enough lights on it, which is a bit of a shame. We've got other Christmas trees up. That's very nice. Sandy's got them. The uh, Indian restaurant next door, they've got blue lights. It's all, it's all quite nice. There's no sort of theme to it, but it all looks wonderful. Michael's lights will be up at the hairdresser later on. But what we do have is we have a prostitute advertising on all the lampposts. So the council, in their infinite wisdom, Richmond and Twickenham, go round telling people you can't have that on the pavement because that's got to go back in, that's got to come there, and that's got to do this and all the rest of it. And yet this old brass has got little stickers, and she sticks them on every single lamppost. And she's working in a brothel, presumably, what it is, in Hounslow, on the Great West Road. And so she's put up massage, erotic massage, on all the... In Twickenham. The council have done nothing. Nothing about it whatsoever. I was going to go round there and say, are, are you in favour of prostitutes advertising on the lampposts? You know, not content to advertising in the local newsagents, where, you know, a lot of actresses with large wardrobes for sale. I'm always amazed at how many actresses we seem to have in the capital who are selling wardrobes. I mean, there was one actress with a large chest for sale. I was even more impressed by that one. But the one who's advertising on the lampposts writes them, she sticks them on old shops and everything. It's either her or her pimp. And I'm waiting for the council to twig that they're up there, but either they're blind or the street cleaners are not, uh, are not gainfully employed enough with taking these things off. Because they really should be. They really should be. A lot of people crying when Hannah was kicked out of the X Factor. Not me. Not me, I'm afraid. And uh, the Subo film has been panned by the critics. Susan Boyle's film debut, <coughs> branded Hopelessly Stiff. Anyway, we'll take a short break. It's LBC 97.3. Steve Allen's early breakfast. You're very, very welcome. The time now is 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. <laughs> uh, 84850s steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, somebody's been reviewing The Only Way is Essex. Sorry, not The Only Way is Essex, because they're, they're just numpties, I'm afraid. But the uh, the uh, the charts of who's doing well in I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, as uh, as it's ITV, all they're doing is showing you Joey Essex. So Joey Essex, Matthew Wright, quite clearly cross-dressers. I have no doubt in my mind now that Matthew, having put on a bikini the other day, slightly worrying. Uh, steve Davis, actually doing a lot better than we thought. Unfortunately, the dreariest person in there, desperately, desperately depressing, is Rebecca Adlington. I mean, I've never known anybody. I mean, you'd feel like saying, why don't you just climb back in the pool, dear? Go under the water and stay there. It's really... I mean, she's really t- crying. Oh, I'm not good-looking, and there's this girl, and she's good-looking. You must find it really difficult walking down the street. Kevin the Milkman says, I hope the police are waiting at the junctions this evening to catch all the cyclists who seem to think that lights are an optional extra. I mean, can't all of us motorists see them in the dark? It must be our fault for not eating enough carrots. Oh, he's cyclists. Lights are cheaper than a funeral. Oh, listen, you can tell them that. You can tell them that every day of, of your life and they'll still jump it. The, the nice thing was I'm seeing more cyclists stopping at red lights. Whether there's somebody crossing or not, it's a red light and red means stop. Unless you're colourblind or particularly thick. And in which case, you have every right, ladies and gentlemen, as a, as a, a, a foot-carrying person of the public on the pavement, of shouting an obscenity at them. Like, oi, you colourblind. Go back and wait there. So at times like that, you just so want to be a policeman, don't you? So today, two and a half thousand of them will be out at over, I think, 166 junctions. They're going to make a lot of money today. A lot of money. I did laugh the other day. They were talking about raising money for the Philippines. And you can't, you can't move on the television for adverts from, 
from charities I've never even heard of before all seem to be raising money for their, you know, for their little bit of the Philippines. They said, oh, because I, we, we were told the other day, in fact, I remember telling you that we only raised, only raised, we seem to be doing most of it, £50 million in less than two weeks. And so they said the other day, we've sent tents out to three, three places and uh, we spent £5 million. Thought, what about the other £45 million? You're going to sit on that, stick it in the bank, make some interest on it. That's all the charities are doing. They have the, they have the resources to send out immediately. They're seriously rich, some of these charities. You're talking about hundreds of millions of pounds sitting in the bank. But what they do, they don't like to take any money out without more money going in. So there'll be lots of people. Don't give to people just rattling a bucket on the street that looks a little bit... You can buy these buckets on eBay. If you're going to give, give to a, a, a proper registered charity. Because anybody... We, we've had no end of fake collectors around our way. So just be, just be warned. Uh, 8485... Oh, stevedlbc.co.uk. Somebody says, I loved being a dancer in the West End. At no time as I feel it was tacky. Yeah, but she's not in a show. She's in one of these tacky shows, isn't she? She's out in, um, in San Jose, dancing in a hotel. She's not in a show. One of those tacky shows. And that is tacky, believe you me. Uh, Tina says, am I the only person who finds Tess Daly irritating? How did she get the presenting job? I don't know. There was a short, there was a short list or something. Although they said that when, uh, when Brucey goes, retires or does what he does, they say Claudia Winkleman can do it. She's mad as a broomstick. She's mad as a broomstick. I don't, I don't really know whether or not she could present it. I suppose she could, actually. Um, do you know, there's something about... Stormtroopers. You know when people are dressed up as stormtroopers from the Star Wars film? There's something about... When you see them en masse, we had them in Leicester Square a couple of years back, and there were loads of them. They'd be dressed up, because you can buy the outfits in Twickenham. There's a guy there selling them. We had one for the Christmas lights. They do look very impressive. If they were coming towards you... Because I don't know if they're real people underneath... Well, I know they are, but, I mean, in, in Star Wars, are they meant to be robots? So if you take their hat off, they'll just be inner workings. They're not actual people inside them, are they? No. They are, they're robots, are they? Right. They need to walk very animatedly. Very animatedly. And I do like them because they look scary. They look really scary. <laughs> uh, 84850, uh, Anne says, the woman sticking posters advertising a business should be charged for littering. Yes, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, to stick them on lampposts, quite clearly, she's the lowest of the low. Lowest low. So I, I, did, I did meet somebody who used to work for the council and he phoned her up just to see who would answer, and she did answer. And he said, can you text me the address? And so we know the address and everything else. She's quite clearly operating as a prostitute, but she's advertising it. She's littering, sticking these blasted things on pole. I went around taking them off the other day. I felt as if I was some little do-good citizen. But I just thought, no, I'm terribly sorry. This, this is... This is um, in fact, there was one outside Paul Cooper's, one outside Sandy's, the fish shop, just indiscriminately stuck on posts. Oh, tart, honestly. Uh, everybody's launching albums at the moment. One Direction have got their album out. I think The Wanted have got an album out. Il Devo have got an album out. Everybody's got albums out at the moment. Coming to Christmas. And, of course, that old fake and fraud Chantelle will be having a DVD out just after Christmas to prove that she can eat as many kebabs as she like, exercise in a park with a trainer and a photographer to show you how fat she is, because nobody exercises in a bikini unless you're a real old fraud. And then... Uh, and then she'll bring out the DVD. My advice is don't touch any of these things with a barge pole. You want to lose weight? Go to the doctor... Ask for a diet sheet, and they will help you. Susan Boyle, incidentally, has an addiction to sweets. Sweets. And so she's now type 2 diabetes. And so she said, oh, it's very difficult. I don't know how I'm going to sort of stop eating sweets. And so she's managed to do that. She's only on tablets, so she's on metformin. OK. How many she's on? I have no idea. I do metformin. 
four times a day. One, two, three. Four times a day, yes. And I do insulin as well. Uh, well done to uh, Magnus Carlein. You know his name? Magnus Carlein. No, he was all over the television the other week. He was all over the newspapers today. He's a model. He's a millionaire. But he's got a fantastic brain. Why has he got a fantastic brain? Because he is the Justin Bieber of chess. He is uh, a very, very clever person. I don't know how he's a model. He's deeply unattractive. I don't know how on earth let's go. Perhaps where you, perhaps, mind you, compared to most Norwegians, he's probably considered attractive. Because we went to Norway. They're not an attractive race at all, I have to tell you. And so he, he plays chess. Now, I can't play chess. Somebody could sit down there till they're blue in the face and explain that the uh, piece of the front move one, these can move diagonally. I couldn't care less. Years ago, there was a company that we used to deal with. They used to supply books to LBC. And I went round there. They were called Batsford. Batsford Books. There were lots of different book publishers, Batsford Books. And they did chess books. You would have a whole book on one move in chess. Because I thought you'd have a book on playing chess. No, no, no. Each, each book was one move. To get your chess piece from there to there, they explained all the ins and the... So, it's, so if you are a master chess player then you've learnt and you've memorised all these different routes to get somewhere. Which is fantastic, isn't it? I mean, I think that's, that's quite clever. Boring, but quite clever. You know, you wouldn't want to sit down and talk to anybody about chess. I used to sit in the back of the car. I, ju- I used to have magnetic chess. and just move them around. I don't know what I was doing. just move them around. A bit pathetic, really. Uh, 84850. Stormtroopers are meant to be people inside in the movies. No, they're robots. The producer thinks they're, they're robots. The st- Stormtroopers are people. R2-D2 is a... Is a no, it's not it's a little person in there. I know, I've seen him. I've seen him. It's a little tiny person. He fits inside it. <whistles> That's that one. That's Kenny Baker, isn't it? And the other one. Who is the other one? Well, I don't know, Master. Who's he? C-3PO. Well, that's a person, isn't it? Did he? Was he the one who went round the bend in America? <laughs> What's he, I can't remember what his name is now. He was very funny. Um, Scott in Hemel says, Stormtroopers do... Oh, you can tell he's a Star Wars fan, can't you? Do in capital letters. Almost like, get this wrong again and we're going to come round and kill you. Uh, they do have soldiers inside on Star Wars. They are not robots. And apparently Christo loves Tess Daly. There's a shrine to her in his home. He thinks she's a goddess. No, he doesn't. The only shrine he has in his home is of himself. Okay? Little joysticks burning underneath him. Uh, the government plans to get rid of staff on trains. On Friday, no lights at Peckham Station. Dangerous getting from platforms to exit. There were no staff about. Many people use their mobile phones to get out. Indeed, you don't want to do that though, do you? I wouldn't get off at Peckham Station. I find it quite dangerous anywhere in London. Round here, it's pitch black at night. Even now, it's dark out there. The streetlights are not bright enough to actually uh, to actually look after people. Well, I don't think so, anyway. 84850, uk. Try and uh, get as many as possible. Uh, do you remember many years ago, a warm-up man, short and bald, but hit himself on the head? He wasn't a warm-up man. That was an act. He sang Mule Train, and he banged himself on the head. It was an act. Yep, we've talked about him before on the programme. I can't remember his name. I like the one who played a drunk. Although, actually, just just changing that just a, for a minute, when we looked at the lineup for the Royal Variety performance this evening at the London Palladium, and get there early because they'll be rehearsing all day from this morning, they'll all have their allocated spots, and then you see them walking about on the streets trying to remember everything they've got to do. It's a bit nerve-wracking, Royal Variety. It's not so bad in front of Prince Charles. You can probably get away with murder. But in front of the Queen, it's very, very nerve-wracking. 
because you're making a programme for the television. They're not really making it for the audience. We have to sit there waiting while they sort of... And the comedian goes off, because they've only got their scripted lines. They can't ad-lib, most of these people. That's why it's a little bit embarrassing. But I think it's... Who did we say it was tonight? John Bishop. He's going to be hosting tonight. So, I mean, he should be OK. He should be OK. I, uh, the last time I saw it... Who was doing it last time? Was it Michael McIntyre or somebody like that? But every time there were gaps, they had to wait while they reset the stage. So the royal family got to sit there. I'm sure she's got a box of noisette creams and those rather nice jellies, newberry fruits. Remember those? I used to love newberry fruits. You'd bite into it, it had a liquid centre, but it was covered in sugar and everything else. Don't tell Susan Boyle, for God's sake, we're never at the end of it, I should imagine. Oh, she's only just become diabetic, I don't know. Dan is, uh, is just going home. How lovely. How lovely. Bread. Toast. Peanut butter. Peanut, pizza, peanuts are good for you now, I've discovered, because they're not nuts. They're whatever they are. There's a horrible picture of a woman in the paper today. She's a beauty queen. The reason she's horrible, her name is Olivia Nelos Opre. She is killed. She is one of the top female hunters in the world. She kills animals for fun. And then, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I'd have her beheaded and her head put on a spike on Tower Bridge, I'm afraid. She's got all of these animals. She's killed 65 species. She says, meat from my kills goes to indigenous people. We also create jobs for trackers and skinners. So she's here pictured with a buffalo, which she's killed, and a lion, and a bear, and and a zebra, and an antelope. Horrible woman. Horrible, horrible woman. She's, uh, She's caused outrage by posing a trophy photo of herself with a dead lion. They they claim they're animal lovers. Well, why have you killed them? I'm not a stupid woman. Stupid, stupid person. I get so angry. It's only Monday. I shouldn't be this angry on a Monday. It's generally Tuesday before it kicks in. Quarter to six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Ten to six is the time. And Steve the cabbie wants to know the uh, title of the, of the author of the book, on, which we mentioned last week, called Lost London. And it's Richard Gard. Richard Gard. And you can download it as a Kindle for about five ninety nine, or you can uh, buy it for about seven ninety nine. It's it's useful, very very useful as a cabbie. I would have thought, you know, depending on how much you want to talk to your passengers in the back, but I find it very useful. I said to my driver this morning, who listens all the time to Steve Allen show, and uh, and I said we, we went past the Wellington Museum because there used to be houses all the way along there, and there used to be years and years ago, before your time and my time, it was a a toll booth to come into London. That was a toll booth there. And that is number one London. And I said, they'll ask you that on the knowledge. Number one London. Where's that? There. Number one London. That was the, that was the start of it. So Richard Gard is that book on, on lost London. Okay. Uh, 84850. Somebody said, um, uh, she's not uh, in the paper. She's got to fund money and bring in the papers. And that's why she's only doing it. Somebody's written and said, who is Chantelle Houghton? And Ian is watching Christmas in Connecticut, an annual thing for me now, since I heard you say how great it was on LBC. Well, like, the other one I'm recommending, because we liked, we like it a lot, is The Bishop's Wife. The Bishop's Wife with Kerry Grant, who plays in it. That's a lovely one. I do like that one. I can't help myself on that. That's just a, that's a silly bit of Christmas schmaltz. And I like a bit of Christmas schmaltz at this time of the year. It just puts you in a good mood. Just, just puts you in a really, really good mood. Uh, Pete and Nicky in Langley... Just heard you say you had trouble at Terminal 5. Did you know that they can't change any of the lights in the roof as they can't reach them? And it's slowly getting darker in there as more and more fail. 
<laughs> Read the article in yesterday's Sunday Times. You start our day. Well, I didn't have trouble at Terminal 5. It says that I, I couldn't find the right bit just to drop somebody off. Ended up in a sort of the wrong area to reverse the car back. And you know how big the car is. And so we went round. Eventually, eventually, we actually got rid of him, which was great. So that's good. Trust you well in Langley. Uh, that woman hunter, South Africa, is going to ban her entry to their country. Her picture smiling with a gun and a dead lion has been on the internet for days, says Jeff. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. I've seen, you know, I've seen dead animals. But, I mean, somebody who's deliberately gone out and shot something for pleasure. I'm afraid uh, I have... Um, Words fail me, I'm afraid. Words absolutely fail me. I'm looking at this grinning woman here who's killed 65... And this dead lion, this huge lion. And she's just shot it, and I'm thinking, I wish somebody had blooming well shoot you. Hate people like that. It just drives me mad. Uh, something that doesn't drive me mad is Nikki Brook. She's queen of the complainers. She complains. I've always said complain. Complain, complain, complain. Because if you don't complain, they never get it right. And so she saved thousands complaining. She says, when you complain... Because I went in the other day and I went to Squires, the garden centre. And I was having a little mooch, little browse, and picked up two DVDs. It was two for a tenner. And one was a Victorian Christmas, which I like. When they recreate these on the television, the people dress up as the characters. They live as Victorians. And the other one was something else. Go to the tilt, there's a queue. Okay, so there's a woman on the right-hand side as you come in the door and it's got customer service... And she's got a till there. And I thought, well, I'm a customer and I want service. So I'm supposed to stand in there next to all these people who've got trolleys. I've only got, I've got two things. It's a tenner. So I go over and say, can you take these? And she looked at me and she went, no. She said, you have to go over there. So I left them. I said, look, I'll tell you what, I'll leave it. You know, go somewhere else where they've got some service. Two people working on the tills. Bloody ludicrous when you've got people queuing up. Drives me. It's like going into the bank lunchtime, isn't it? Like going into the bank lunchtime. And you think, you know, there's two people working. And you think, give me my money. Give me my money now, but I just hate standing in a queue. It's so annoying when there's other people standing around doing nothing. That that annoys me more than anything. Because I think, you, you know, you could say, yeah, of course I'd take that. You know, that, that would endear them to you, wouldn't it? But no, you have to just do it over there. Well, can't be bothered to queue, love. I'll go somewhere else. Oh, dear. Chess is the most violent game ever invented, Steve. Just that today's kids prefer to engage their thumbs rather than their brains. It was a very good Columbo, which was around a chess player who was deaf, I believe. Uh, it's Anthony Daniels. Anthony Daniels is C-3PO. Another uh, one here. And it says, You're so right about the deluge of charities. If it isn't on the television, it's coming through the post. And although it sounds awful, I did resent getting a text for yet more money. Yeah, text now for a fiver. You know, send a fiver to this. I've never even heard of these charities. People are dying in the Philippines. Well, we've already given. We've just given 50 million. You're all just jumping on the bandwagon. Apparently, the stormtroopers are clones. That's why they're all the same size. They're human clones based on their bounty hunter, who is uh, Boba Fett. Whatever that is. I don't know what that is. I obviously don't know enough about stormtroopers, do I? I'm obviously a very poorly educated person. That's a bounty hunter. Sophie says, they're people. OK, OK. And uh, one here says, stormtroopers aren't robots. They're all humanoid cloins of the bounty hunter Django Fett. So, OK, leave it. Leave it now. Steve, stormtroopers do have soldiers in some... Please. Steve, did you know that they are real... Stop it. Stop it now. Don't know anything about stormtroopers. Yeah, real people. May the force be with you. OK? Just somewhere else. Just not here. And then you do that funny thing with your fingers. <laughs> so anyway, complain. But here are the here are the hard and fast rules if you want to complain. And you should complain. If you get bad service, I'm the first one to complain. 
Luckily, I have a radio programme at the same time. Be pleasant and polite. Shouting doesn't get you uh, far. Decide if you want a replacement or compensation before you complain. Aim high. If customer services won't help, ask to speak to the chief executive. Oh, yes, don't, don't deal with the, uh, with, with the monkey. Deal with the organ grinder. Always, always go to the top. I'm terribly sorry. Um, can I see your manager? OK, why can you not take this? This is just ridiculous. Just take this £10. I'll leave the £10 there. You go and put it in the till. Well, no, you have to go... Oh, for God's sake. Be clear about what the problem is. Make notes about what went wrong. Provide evidence. Take pictures of any any bashed-in boxes. We've all done it, haven't we? I bought a thing the other day. <laughs> it's beginning to drive me mad, I'm afraid. And it's made out of plastic. And I saw it on Amazon, and they said, people who bought this bought this, and so I bought this. And it's a firework light. So you aim it at the wall, you pull the trigger, and it projects a firework onto the wall. Then you pull another trigger, and the firework explodes, and it comes with all the sounds. No, it doesn't. Mine doesn't. Why? Because I can't open the battery compartment. The ba- <laughs> you would think it would be fairly straightforward, wouldn't you? To open a battery compartment. But it's such solid plastic, this. I've tried every screwdriver known to man, and I've got every screwdriver known to man. And so I've, I've tried to... That doesn't work. So I've tried putting a knife under the... Th- that doesn't work either. I cannot open the battery compartment. I've tried everything. I've tr- Cutting the plastic around, it does not... The screw is in permanently. This screw is not for turning. I cannot open it. So once... So, so unfortunately, I'm now stuck with this... I'm not going to throw it out, because it cost about £20. I'm just determined I'm going to try and get it, but I can't. I might bring it in tomorrow and give it to the producer. He won't open it either. I've got screwdrivers. I've got, I've got electric screwdrivers, manual screwdrivers, Polish screwdrivers, Russian screwdrivers, every screwdriver. You cannot open it. Really? I don't think you can. I'll bring it in tomorrow. I'll bring it in tomorrow. If you can open it, you get a special present at Christmas. Okay? One chocolate. One chocolate. There's no point. All right, two chocolates. If you can open it, two chocolates. Okay. Uh, 84850. I dropped off a living descendant of the Duke of Wellington at Number One London, the Earl of Mornington. His family live in the basement. <laughs> There's a good bit of skating in the Bishop's Wife, says Brian in Hampton Hill. There is. There is. I just love it. It's just, I love the music in it. I really love the music. I just love everything about it. I want to go there. I want to, I want to go to and buy this little tree and tramp back through the snow. I want to do that. Ah, oh, dear. Which is good. 84850, uk. Weaving everything in on the programme. The man with the tray, it's Bob Blackman. And the best drunk ever, says Paul in Manchester, but Freddie Frinton, his sketch Dinner for One, still shown every New Year's Eve on German TV and elsewhere. Yes, he, he played a drunk... It's quite a clever thing. I had a producer who played a drunk, but unfortunately he was. Doesn't help, does it? So, uh, Bob Blackman with the tray, who does Mule Train. I think we I'm sure we've mentioned him before. I'm sure we've mentioned him many, many times before on the programme. Uh, 84850, uk. Tim says, listening in Michigan, Grand Rapids. I mean, is, it, is, is that what it is? I mean, is that, is that, it's just called that, but does it have really Grand Rapids in Michigan? Rapids are where it's sort of in a gorge, isn't it? There's water rushing through. And if they built a town on the edge of it or something like that. I don't know. I was watching one of those programmes about the universe. And they, they went up there to demonstrate how high the atmosphere was. And in a plane, you can go up 50,000 feet. That's where all the big jetliners go. That's where all the, the jumbos go up there, 50,000 feet. But space is another 86 miles up on top of the 50,000 feet, and you look at it and you think, wow. 
There's certain things in heaven and earth that just have you going, wow. That's the way it works. Coming up to six o'clock, it's LBC 97.3. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. You are very, very welcome. We'll have uh, the final 30 minutes of the programme after the latest news, which is next. This is LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning! Nearly Christmas. It's not what you wanted to hear, is it? The last thing you want to hear is it's nearly Christmas. You're going, you're joking, of course. But uh, people are stocking up now. They're going out there buying. The, the shops are so much more busy. So much busier than they were about a couple of weeks ago. People are are determined to go out there and enjoy themselves. People go broke over Christmas. People borrow money. There was a case the other day of a 13-year-old who managed to borrow some money from one of these companies. A 13-year-old got 400 quid out of them. In the end, they went, listen, the system has obviously fallen down. The checks weren't in place because 13-year-olds shouldn't be having access. But I'm assuming the 13-year-old must have told lies at some point on the form. Because the moment you put down your 13, I mean, you don't get any money, you can't borrow it. But people do borrow without thinking you've got to pay back. At some point, you've got to pay back. And if you don't, you just get a bad mark against you on the credit rating and nobody will lend you money ever again. Or if you're a celebrity earning a small fortune, you stick two fingers up to the likes of you and I and you make yourself bankrupt. And then they go, oh, bankrupt. You think it's just a way of not, not paying your debts. It's a case of what they've done is they've spent the money. They've spent the money on themselves, on fine wine and dining and going out and buying cars and everything else, so they can't really be bothered to pay anything else. Talking about Kenny Baker, says Bev, the little person. The little person. <laughs> we like Warwick Davis. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. Warwick, the funny thing is, when you get a little person in front of you, you just, you can't help but laugh. Warwick Davis is just funny. Just funny. And Kenny Baker, he says, 30-odd years ago, says Bev, Moved in next door to my family in Bushy Heath. Shortly after, diggers were in the garden. And we thought he was having a fish pond built. <laughs> Turned out to be a swimming pool. Lovely bloke, very entertaining. Well, he, he was nice, wasn't he? Whereas I don't think the other one who played C-3PO was very nice. I think he became a little bit above himself. Still good, though. He's still, you know, still, still quite, uh, quite clever. Uh, 84850. Oh, I must have missed a phrase on the email. Chris's new show. It's the, it's the, the fat bird down the road. Can't get an audience, poor soul. Anyway, she tries. Uh, on the other state, Queen of Reality TV. I laugh like a drain. I'm waiting for Loves His Kids to turn up on there. Read Joey Essex. If I recall, Mr Francis has featured his flat on the woefully bad rehash of Through the Keyhole. Oh, right. He agreed to spend his spare time playing ping pong. He had a net on the table and kept hitting the ball against the wall. Bet the neighbours love him. I only watched The Only Way is Essex once. The sight of him and his mate leaning across a kitchen cupboard wearing fluorescent budgie smugglers and eating cereal put me off my tripe and onions. Yes. How long before the photo spread of the Beckhams walking down their secret tunnel, Vic tottering along in her new fashion ensemble, wearing the heels, and Dave just wearing the pants, as Paul in Manchesterford. Yes, I mean, a secret tunnel. I mean, who in God's name do they think they are? He's an ex-footballer who models pants. Hello? Hello? Let's get a reality check here. And she's a woman who apparently brings out clothes. And they have a secret tunnel. <laughs> Oh, dear. Talk about delusions of grandeur, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. 
yes, I totally agree, Ahmed. We have to get rid of Rebe- Rebecca Adlington as quickly as possible. She's mad as a broomstick, I'm afraid. She's a waste of space. She needs to remind herself why she's gone in the, uh, in the, uh, the jungle. Perhaps she needs the money. Perhaps she needs the money. I don't know. Uh, 84850. No, it's, it's, you don't need to smother this screw in this thing with WD-40. It's not that it's not turning. It's just that nothing seems to fit it. Um, it's, it's just, it's going round and round and round and round and round. So either when they put it in, it was put in too tight. Whatever it is, it's not opening. So if we manage to get it open tomorrow, then I, we will have achieved something. Uh, the classic comedy, Open All Hours, is set to return with a brand new series. Bosses impressed with a Christmas special. You've not seen it yet. But they like it. What what they see, they like. So they're thinking of uh, of another another series. I don't know, they can't come with anything new, can they, on the television? And the good news is that Michelle Keegan. Oh, that's uh, she was on with Jonathan. Ross. God, what a boring person she turned out to be. Spent all the time playing with her hair. I think it's Michelle. Is she, is she the one going out with Mark Wright? Michelle Keegan. Yeah, they're going to kill her off in the soap. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But she was sitting on the sofa twiddling with her hair all the time, and I kept thinking, oh, leave it alone. And then Jonathan Ross had to produce pictures of poor old Mark the Plank Wright. And as has been pointed out already, there ain't room for two of them on ITV, so one of them will be not uh, going any further. Mark Wright's the one with the, with the failed show, sitting on the shelf, too bad to be transmitted. Uh, Joey Essex, we'll wait and see what he's like, but, I mean, he smiles all the time. Just as long as you keep him away from the ghastly Fahir sisters, he should be OK. But they're really trying to cap because they, they see their, their little money pot disappearing because he's the only person who provides them with any interest. Apart from that, nobody's interested in old fatty Fahirs. They really are. So they're going to kill off Michelle Keegan. Jonathan Ross was showing her pictures of the, the boyfriend in his pants for his calendar. How sad is that, honestly? And then you hear him talking and you realise he's a bit remedial, I'm afraid. Uh, and so Open All Hours is coming back. And then there was a charity ball the other day. Uh, they, they went back to the, uh, the Roaring Twenties with a great Gatsby-themed charity ball. Samia Gardi was channelling the flapper vibe in a short dress there with her boyfriend, Sylvain Longchambottom. And uh, they're still together until the next series. Kim Marsh, because she's now Kim Marsh. She's not Kim Lomas anymore. She's decided that she wants to be Kim Marsh again. Uh, ben Cohen has gone and Sam Bailey had a meltdown on The X Factor and decided that, you know, she doesn't, doesn't know how it's all going to go and all the rest of it. I wish they'd kick out that other woman. Oh, dear. It is, I mean, she's the only one who can sing on there. But there again, she don't look so great, does she? She's not exactly what they're looking to market. But they managed to market Subo, so that can't, can't be that difficult. But she's the only one who, who can actually sing. The rest of them, they're just very, very, very average people. Very average. I mean, poor Sam Callahan was not only average, but lame at the same time. It was just appalling. I don't know why he was ever kept in there, as far as you can go. Uh, Euro split number two, Euro million split, another couple. Uh, they won 101 million, and now they're fighting over how they, they use the money. I, I suppose that the papers love that, and the answer is they love it because they can go, see, money doesn't buy you happiness. No, it doesn't. Money's never been able to buy you happiness. It can buy you material things. If that makes you happy, that's great. But you know the moment that they win a lot of money. In fact, they, they apparently began to fight over the winnings after becoming the, with 101 million, the 702nd richest couple. Well, at least you're on a list, the 702nd richest couple. But then they look at that and they think, well, why should I be with this bloke when I can be with somebody else? And he's probably thinking, I could trade her and get something much younger. Unfortunately, you watch them disappear through the money. That, that's the problem, isn't it? That is the problem. <laughs> Ian says, Ronnie Corbett, wait for the gag, was the first person to have a full-length picture in his passport. It's an oldie, but a goodie. And here's the uh, 
the I'm a Celebrity Amy in her insecure, spotty teenage years. Uh, just all she's taken out there. I mean, do you think she turns up, you know, just with bikinis on? Just with bikinis on. I mean, I can't... I can't sort of... I don't quite see it myself. It's, that, that, is her, that is her claim to fame. She wears bikinis. There's nothing else in her life at all. She wears bikinis. And she's hanging around with Joey Essex. At least she's better. As I pointed out at the beginning of the programme, the good news is she taught him within a matter of hours to tell the time, whereas that nice little piggy-eyed Sam for here didn't teach him anything. Didn't teach him anything at all. They just sort of did horrible things together. Ugh. And student loans. The amount of people who are still paying off student loans. And I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day. He's down in Brighton. And he's 17. And his dad, they, they've worked at his student loan. How much does that give him to spend each week? They've sat down and they've worked out exactly how much he's got out of his student loan to spend every week. Seven pounds a day. That's what he's got to live on. About forty-seven pound a week. Uh, forty-seven, forty-eight pound a week. Seven pound a day he's got to live on because that's what it is. And that's you know with with his student loan. If he goes and gets a job in a bar, then he can, he can top it up, and that's what a lot of people do. So what he's doing, he's, he's got a job working, I think, in a nightclub, uh, where he's doing, I forget what he's doing, whatever it is, it involves him getting free drinks. So that means he doesn't have to pay for drinks. But you've still got to eat, you've still got to do all the other things. But to try and get jobs down in any of these cities where there's lots of universities, everybody else has gone, they're trying to find jobs, and they're going for the best. They can afford to pick and choose. The owners of all these restaurants, cafes, bars, hotels, they literally have got their, their pick of everybody. So, a little bit different, seven quid a day he's living on. That's what it is for students. So, contrary to what everybody thinks, now all these student loans have been sold on to, uh, to debt collectors. 15,000 people have signed an online petition saying, we don't want that. We don't want that at all. The government have agreed a deal to privatise £900 million of loans made to students who went to university in the 1990s. Is that you? Are you that person? It's not good news, is it? By selling the outstanding loans to the private sector, the government would lose a long-term source of revenue to the Treasury, sacrificing it for meagre short-term gain and potentially leaving private financial companies to profit without investing back into the UK economy. It's bad news for students, bad news. So if you were one of those people, I mean, what, what, what they could do, is, as this goes to private firms, they could hound you. You know, the private firms do hound you. All those people facing financial problems to pay. I mean, two decades after you went to university. They'll, cut, they'll make life very difficult because it's going on to the debt collectors. You know what the debt collectors are like. You know, if you don't pay your way, they're going to come round and, and sort things out. You will pay. Make no mark about it. Quarter past six. Everybody, 22 minutes past six. Very quickly. William Bromley says, is Joey Essex the future of Britain? Help. Unfortunately, yes. We seem to like rank stupidity in this country. We seem to applaud it. We put them on the papers. And uh, then, w- then we watch them melt down. And Joey Essex, as I've pointed out, because he's obviously going to be this year's Jade Goody, isn't he? Even though he's been behaving like this for years and years. He is a child in a man's body. Everything he does is, ch- watch him, it's all childlike. It's like, I've got, got a watch, but I can't tell the time. I've got 200 pairs of trainers, you know, like this. You know, I like cuddling up to people because he's a child. He's a child. He never had that from his mother. So he's looking at it from, uh, for, for other people. Anne says the lottery winner should parcel out their winnings to poverty-stricken people. No, let them suffer if they're poor. They're poor. It's their own fault. The people who just won the lottery were poor before they bought the ticket and then won it. Why should you give it? Student loans to credit companies? The students will be hounded. Yep. 
Absolutely. It's why the government have done it. They, they can't do it. Hand it out to these private companies. They'll go round there. You know we've got a lot of bailiffs who listen to this programme because they're up early in the morning. They're out there lifting the cars. It's amazing how many people can find the money very quickly. Uh, my daughter emigrated to Australia this year, says Jill. She got on a train there this week. Guess who was sitting opposite her? Jedward. Oh, now that is scary. That is so scary. There is no hiding place. No. It's just as well they're in Australia. Were they wearing identical outfits? They're really, they're really not normal. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Oh. Rebecca, I'm sorry to say, is dishonouring the spirit of an Olympian. That's the, the you know progressing through effort and application. She's concentrating on the looks. Oh, I don't look. Th- She's got two gold medals. Got two gold medals. Shut up about your looks. Shut up about it. It's stupid. It's making you appear to be stupid. I realise that as an Olympian, you don't have to have any brains. But I do ask the question, as the papers do this morning, what the dickens are you doing in there, then? You know what the programme is? I suppose it must be difficult. You train to be an Olympian, then you go, has she retired from it? So they get, so she's retired from it. Well, you know, that's your problem. But you can't blame anybody. OK, so there's good-looking... I walk down the street, I pass good-looking people, not very often. Because if I see them, I cross over the road. I don't want to walk past good-looking people. Because they look at me with envy. Steve Allen, he's on the radio. He's not good-looking. I don't care! I don't care. I look in the mirror. I see me. I don't want to see anybody else. I look at, you know, we went to, I was, I'd like to play a game, you know, when, when you go out somewhere like Winter Wonderland, wherever it is, and you look at people and you count how many good looking people are there. And you, you go, God, you're good. I wish I was as good looking as that person. You know, and you see a girl and you think, I wish, I was, and then the three girls walk towards us. To be honest with you, I've never seen anything so rough in my entire life. They were so tarted up. They looked ridiculous. They looked so, so ridiculous. And I wanted to say so. I thought, no, don't say anything. But good-looking people, there's always been... I don't look at pictures of models in the paper and go, oh, they're really lucky to be good-looking, because they don't see themselves as good-looking. You know, they know what they do for a living, but they don't actually see it as being great. There are people in this building, there's some really, really good-looking people. I don't talk to them. I don't talk to anybody good-looking. I don't want to be depressed. So it does, if I hang around with ugly people, that's great. Luckily, my team are all unattractive. That's the best way. Unattractive and going nowhere. You know, it's fantastic. That's the best way. That's how, that's how it works. It makes me feel a little bit better. Because I know I'm better looking than they are. Some more of your texts and emails coming in. Producer's just writing out of resignation, which is nice. OK, best crayon. Uh, my nephew never got a job at uni because mummy and daddy paid for everything and constantly sent money. Therefore, when he left uni, he had no work experience. Ha! Took four years of being a labourer. Little boy had to get his hands dirty for once. Gary says, never heard of a poor student. They've always got enough money for booze. Uh, it does um, It does seem that way, doesn't it, I'm afraid? A lot of people not in favour of Rebecca Adlington. Lynn says, having got what I wanted, I headed to the, the, the till nearest the exit. The cashier shook her head and pointed to the back of the shop. What was she doing? Putting price stickers on toilet rolls. Ugh. Dear. I'm all for complaining when it's genuine, Steve. All for complaining. I work for a large supermarket on the checkout. Serving a customer and helping her pack, her, a couple started shouting abuse at me like they were a double act. They went to customer services about me and said I went beyond the call of duty helping the customer. You can win. It is true. We, uh, there, was a, uh, there was a couple, actually, in our waitress, I told you a while ago, and uh, they had more than six items. And luckily, luckily, the, uh, the person... Who was on the till went, no, it's six items only. Well, can't you take this? No. It says six items. If it says six items, that's what it means. It means six items. Either you can't count or you're stupid. So they, they sent them off there and they were effing and blinding and everything else. Oh, dear. Uh, Richard says it's not a talk screw. 
No, it's not. I'm, I'll bring it tomorrow. The producer reckons he can undo it, but I mean, I don't have much hope, I'm afraid, for him. Listen, I've got no more time. I talk fast, Steve, but you'd beat me in a marathon. I have to. I have to. I've only got two and a half hours. I've got to cram a lot in. I'm cramming in. <laughs> I'm cramming in three hours worth of material into two and a half hours. I'm that, I'm that good. Steve, stormtroopers are human too. They do have feelings. Stop it with the stormtroopers. Told you before, we're not doing that. Nick of the team with you after seven o'clock this morning. Busy programme, busy, busy programme. I know that they're going to be covering all these police out in town. 1,600 police, 166 junctions. What are they looking for? I feel sorry for people not listening to LBC who aren't going to be as, uh, as well informed because they're out there and they'd be issuing fixed penalty notices and they won't have any trouble. I'm estimate the, the producer reckons 600 could be handed out tomorrow. 600 could be handed out. That will be interesting, won't it? Very interesting. I can't find me... Uh, oh, there it is. Um, so that'll be good. Anyway, back with you tomorrow morning at four. Don't be late. Look forward to your company every day. Steve Allen, four till 6.30. Free podcast for you up in about 30 minutes' time and then the rest of the programme podcastable as well. Nick and the team with you at seven. <clears throat> I lost the voice. Next, the morning news with Lisa Rizzi's. LBC 97.3.